welcome to the fifth episode of Ears to All 2010 Recaps from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Holmstone, and joining me as always is a Canadian who knows we'll take pity on him eventually, Logan Saunders. Good evening. Good evening. How was your birthday? This is the episode that's going to come out after your birthday. Did you enjoy yourself? Uh, I I think I did. Who knows? It's still like two months away from, from us recording this, but... Weirdly, my brother asked me earlier. He's, he's like, "Are you recording uh, tonight?" And I'm like, "Yeah, we're um, like we're midway through Vidum now." And uh, he said, "Do you ever like have a bit of fun with celebrations and stuff?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I always reference birthdays and Christmas, even though we record at completely inappropriate times for me to say Happy Christmas and things." And then, lo and behold, this is coming out on the 27th of July as it stands. It's the closest one to your birthday. Yeah, it was crazy. Well, you know, I, cl- I climbed to the top of Mount Everest, and then. All of my friends from Vernon were there, and I don't know how we all were able to be in sync with being able to take a two-week holiday together at the same time, but it just happened to work out. That's so strange. 31 looks good on you. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a solid 14 months of being 31, but uh, I'll take it. It's your Korean age, that's all it is. (laughs) Yeah. Or like in Yemen, where no one knows their real birthday. Everyone's birthday is just January 1st. And a bit of housekeeping from last week, even though it was like four weeks ago for us. There's at least two chain gangs that I haven't seen, which is Poland and Finland. And I don't have the stats to hand, thanks to Bindles, of um, of whether exemptions were actually taken or whether the team won money on them. You don't have the stats? No, I don't. I think the Finnish version... It wasn't a doubling prize like Japan was. It was if everyone doesn't take the exemption, then the entire pot is doubled. I think that's the version. One of them had a, a weird rule like that for Chain Gang. So I was talking to uh, to Bindles about it a few weeks ago. I see. Good to know what the Finns are doing. Finland's very important in the world right now. But yeah, there's at least two more uh, Chain Gangs that we haven't covered on the podcast or I haven't seen yet. And I just thought you'd want to know after our discussion last week. And this was another very interesting episode. The karaoke challenge especially is is quite an infamous challenge. What's surprising is I remember the island challenge the most out of these three. Because I think this is when this was the closest to me deciding Kim wasn't the mole. And I almost switched from Kim to Aryan at the end of this challenge. In fact, to follow up on that... Hind, despite there being only six people left, easily the smallest edit of anybody to be eliminated this far into the season. She only got three confessionals the whole episode, and she doesn't even get a confessional until 23 minutes into the episode. Wow. And here's me thinking that Manuel was the most under-edited person of the season. No, I just forgot how, because I remember... Well, I didn't forget. I just remember... um, when I originally watched it and it was down to six, I thought, oh, Hind must go because she has the smallest edit out of all six. What I didn't realize is just how under-edited Hind really, really was. She's easily the smallest character out of all six in her own elimination episode. That's pretty impressive to do over about halfway through a season. I think it's a perfect storm because... The final five of this season is so infamous. Everyone really pulls their weight in that final five. So obviously Hint isn't going to compare to that too much. I am a fan of Hint, as you might have guessed from the previous couple of weeks. But they do the first five to go home a little bit dirty in this season because the final five are so kind of 
huge character wise. It almost reminds me of how Amazing Race starts getting edited in the later seasons where the early boots get severely under edited, even if it's their own elimination episode. And then whoever makes the end game will get the most airtime right from the very beginning of the season. Unless there's a really big personality who goes home early where editors are intentionally setting that up to bring that team back again for a future season. So previously, the final seven went back to school before transporting sandbags across a route of indeterminate length. Fritz shot the group by taking an exemption at Chain Gang, and the group got their revenge by raiding his luggage. Barbara was the first to see her screen after she was saved in the episode before, and it was red, which sent her home. PCN says at first they trusted each other, they kept their word to go for the money, but Fritz was the one who betrayed them, costing the group 1,600 euros. Barbara should regret her decision not to go for the exemption, as she was sent home, but Fritz might still get his revenge. And it is day seven in Sendai, and they are at a sushi place. They recap Barbara's exit, scored to the unseen boardroom from the Apprentice soundtrack again. Eric says you expect the first screen that you see to be green, so it's a shock. Ian says he was left hanging most. They were the closest pair, and shared their thoughts intimately. He thought that she was on the same mole that he was. Kim says that Barbara is very fanatic. They found that in each other, and Eric and Aryan are still her main suspects. And on the subject of Hint being vastly under-edited, Barbara was as well, as we said last week, but she gets a eulogy in this episode instead. What the hell, guys? Yeah, it's not it's not perfect editing by any means, because I haven't seen the next episode yet, but I don't think Hint gets a big eulogy at the start of next round. No, next episode I'm very much looking forward to, because it has my favourite Meet the Mole challenge ever in it. I love that Meet the Mole challenge so much. I, I like that Aryan refuses to believe he is on the wrong track to the point that he thinks that Barb changed her quiz strategy right when she sat down. Yeah, I can't remember who Aryan suspects either, which makes it worse. I probably should watch the end of this season again just to see who he suspects, but I can't remember who he does. And just to add another note about the quiz, specifically this week's quiz, we get a lot of silent quiz takers. Yeah, there's barely any test confessionals in this entire season. Yeah, because I think, what, only two or three out of the six say anything when they take the quiz. And that definitely changes because now it seems like it's mandatory that all remaining contestants uh, speak about their suspicions. Well, if you think back to episode two, we got one suspicion out of the final nine people. Arguably, it was because of the face-to-face test twist, but still, we only got one suspicion. I think we only got four in the first episode. Yeah, it's just very surprising that we're on episode five and we're still given very, very little information about who people suspect. Yeah, and obviously that, obviously, as we've discussed in the past, this season is very much the halfway house between what we would call old mole and not giving us many suspicions, having a very different vibe, all that sort of stuff, to what we would now consider new mole, where they just throw shit at the wall and see what sticks, basically. This is very much the the transit area of Vidum that we've gone into with this season. Yeah. And actually, I'm fascinated when we get to Hong Kong Philippines to see how much of a difference you've noticed between Japan and, and Hong Kong Philippines, because they're only four years apart. Right. It's very interesting. So we get to our first challenge on for day eight, Matsushima Islands. Yeah, this is another weird thing because we see them travel with Peter Yan. It becomes more of a Belgian vibe of 
it being a travel log rather than Peter Yan just appearing from the woods. Yeah, it's very, very rare to see a Vidim post hang out with the with the contestants like this. Yeah, and also do his entire briefing whilst on a boat moving towards an abandoned island in Japan. Yeah, there's a rock, a small island, and a big island for this challenge. Yeah, and he wants two people on each, and they will be building a temple. Eric suggests that seeing as though they've got three men and three women left, they go for one man, one woman on each of the divisions. Kim volunteers to go with Eric so she can keep an eye on him. They head to the small island. Sana and Aryan pair up and go to the big island, and that leaves Hinton Fritz on the beach. They have three pieces of a temple and must build it at a fourth location. A rowing boat is provided to go between the locations, but a candidate cannot take a boat twice in a row or do the same route twice. They have 90 minutes to complete this puzzle and build themselves a temple. Aryan, being fairly logical, says that they have to solve it before they do anything else. He suggests on the walkie-talkie that they each take a few minutes to think, and then actually do something after that. Because all they have is a piece of paper with the pieces, a knife, a rope, and a pair of gloves. It's not a few minutes that they take, though. Aryan doesn't follow his own advice, because the first boat doesn't move until at least 20 or 30 minutes into this thing. Yeah, it's not a few minutes at all. It did make me laugh, because I'd completely forgotten that Aryan's like, oh yeah, let's just take a couple of minutes, get this solved, we'll absolutely beat the mole out of this. And then you cut to, I think it's Fritz doing the, uh, the the first bit of rowing, and it's 20 minutes into the challenge. And then there were other people saying that it was even longer than that before Fritz started rowing. Do you think that this challenge was winnable? Not with Aryan's strategy, because not only did Aryan take forever to solve the challenge for everybody, but he didn't think about how to transport the items. He was just thinking about how to transport the people. Yeah, I'm not sure whether you could do this whilst also forcing the mole not to do any of the rowing. Because the damage is done by either letting the mole be in the boat, or alternatively, letting the mole be anywhere near that temple. I don't think you could do this challenge, logic puzzle-wise, without all six people. Yeah, you can't just say, oh, it's all on Aryan, and then you're not really checking on anybody else. The only... The only person who was truly being watched was Fritz, because of the exemption. Everyone was keeping their eye on Fritz, and everyone was, no pun intended, everyone else was untethered. So Sana and Aryan used their tools to try and solve the puzzle. The gloves were locations, the knife was a boat, the pine cones were people, and Sana used the knife to cut out the temple pieces from the piece of paper. Fritz came to the same conclusion that they did, but he wasn't trusted after what he did in the woods. They send Fritz and Hint to the empty beach, where Fritz is left behind, and then Hint heads to Eric and Kim. Eric thinks that they can build the temple in 13 moves. As Eric and Kim are sailing past him, Fritz tries to change the plan, and Sana says no, repeatedly. Even if Fritz was to come up with a cure for cancer right now, they'd be shooting it down. I can't think of anyone in Vidum, at least, who has been as unpopular with the rest of their cast than Fritz. Like he could say the sky is blue and everyone else is gonna say it's green. It's it's that bad. He is deeply, deeply unpopular. And it makes me think that it might not have just been him taking the exemption that caused this to happen. He must have done something. Yeah, maybe he spat on all their possessions or I don't know, made comments about their family members. Who knows? I just have a sneaking suspicion that it wasn't just about the exemption. 
I've no proof to that, but I just I have a gut feeling that it probably wasn't just about him taking the exemption. Yeah, maybe he called them all a bunch of dumb fucking idiots or something like that. We we don't know because that probably wouldn't be shown in Vidim. I don't think Avril wants that footage to make it to air. They're not play fear who love letting people swear. I was reminded of the the Lloyd hanging off a cliff gif earlier from a chat on the Poppers Bar Discord, and it just warms my heart to see not just that hilarious moment, but how much swearing there is in that moment. I think Carol, instead of saying Fritz Sissing is the mole, he said Fritz Sissing is the douchebag. But they had they had to change it. And that was also what got him blacklisted from Afro. <laughs> yeah, they're really, really going out of their way to protect Fritz. So Kim then gets sent to the Big Island. Santa's sent to the abandoned beach with the first piece. And that means Aryan is stuck on the Big Island with Fritz, bitching about the plan. And Fritz does not let this go. He keeps trying to change it, even though Santa's repeatedly told him no to his face. The thing is, if they followed Fritz's lead, they have a much better chance of winning this challenge, or at least earning more money. They would have earned more than 1500 if they just let the chain gang game go and just listen to Fritz. Because there's no exemption on the line here. You can trust what Fritz is saying. So basically what you're saying is his actions in the previous episode ended up causing a chain reaction. Yes, he's, yeah. Now, his, because of that, all of his relationships are being uh, put on the roof on the Fritz. We're not having a pun off again. It's bad <laughs> enough last time. I edited the Manuel episode and cut a lot of those jokes. <laughs> So Kim and Sana struggle to get the first piece on the beach. Kim suggests that they send someone stronger back to help her, but Sana says no. And with 15 minutes to go, they still have four pieces to get to the abandoned beach. Eric puts the first piece in and swaps with Kim, and then Sana drops the first piece in the water, thankfully for her, attached to the rope. Eric and Sana then pull the first two pieces up, and Sana goes to Hint, and bear in mind this is the first mention that Hint has had in this entire challenge. Oh yeah, she's a contestant. Yeah, Hint is also a contestant in this episode. She has not basically been shown in this entire challenge. She moved once with Fritz, and that was it. You think um, if if uh, she'd be a great replacement for Macaulay Culkin instead of Home Alone, it's Hint alone. <laughs> we forgot Kevin. I mean, Hintsight is twenty twenty. What can I say? Or twenty ten. Yeah, Hintsight is twenty ten. Hint then brings the third piece to Eric. And there is no walkie-talkie on the abandoned beach, so Eric doesn't know who needs to go next. That was a rookie move. Yes. I'm thinking, oh, they're they're not going to get the 5,000. And he has to wait for her to climb the rock to help him work out who was next. Kim then tells Aryan that Hint asked how her piece should be assembled. Fritz shouts over to tell her, and she flips it over. They were very lenient on that judging. I know we said this about the 2022 season. They're very lenient about the judging and letting them letting them have it even though it was upside down when they eventually get 1500 euros in the end of this challenge because that was not how it was actually put on the on the diagram they had yeah because if it's um one thing that the japanese aren't known for it's sloppiness yeah irons then sent with the fourth piece and 20 seconds remaining and unsurprisingly he misses the time and he says maybe they took a little too long and it took them half an hour to move anyone between the beaches yeah. You think? That's when you start thinking, who's mulling here, or do we all just suck? 
Yeah, think back to what I said a few weeks ago when we were discussing Arjen originally. I think this is the point where a lot of people in the Netherlands go, I think Arjen's the mole. I think Arjen's finally revealed himself. Even though they showed Angela saying, oh no, Arjen can never be the mole, he's not famous enough. I think he might actually be the mole at this point. And uh, poor Sana is left with a piece that's as heavy as her. Yeah, this is not a good challenge for Sana having to transport things. Because that, those pieces look like they were at least 30 kilograms or 50 pounds each. Well, they were solid concrete. Yeah, they were like concrete blocks that you that you see on the streets. And poor Sana has to pull it uphill. <laughs> pull it uphill from an underwater position as well. That makes it even harder. There's like no leverage for her. So Peter Yan says it's a sad sight to see half a temple on a rock. They had an ingenious plan, but evidently not ingenious enough. It wasn't a good idea to have Sana and him have to lift the heaviest part of the temple. Their three pieces mean they earn a frankly generous 1,500 euros, but had they got all five pieces, it would have been 5,000. Yeah, they give him a pretty easy time earning money in this challenge. Given what tasks are worth nowadays, newer seasons they tend to have to work quite a bit harder to earn 1,500 euros at a single challenge. So after the challenge, they then head to Yamagata. Yet again, it is scored with the unheard boardroom from The Apprentice, making its third appearance. And they really love The Apprentice soundtrack in this season. After hiding his clothes, they finally let Fritz have his luggage back when they get to Yamagata. He says he felt like he was part of the group again. He knew that they would take pity on him eventually. And yeah, Fritz is unshaven, unshowered, and I don't know if the group gave him his stuff back just to take pity on him, or because they didn't want to be around a guy who was unshaven and unshowered for another potential week and a half. I suspect production might have had a little word with them, given that they were going up into the mountains the next day. They didn't want Fritz, their star of Avro, according to Carol, dying of hypothermia. So I suspect they, they said, guys, you've got to at least let him have some sort of warmish clothes for tomorrow. And there's going to be a lot more physical activity, which means you'll really notice he hasn't showered in a while. Yeah. Otherwise, we're going to have to bury him in the crater. So on the morning of day nine, they're driven into the mountains. The air becomes thinner and the weather colder. And they are worried in the bus that it is a skiing assignment. They're dropped off at the Zao crater. Peter Yan tells them that their assignment is up the hill, but Fritz spots a sign with a mole logo on it. After three signs, Arjen gets suspicious that they have to remember something, so they decide to remember the kanji on the mall. Something interesting to point out about the confessionals as well, after my beloved Angela and Carol um, observations a couple of weeks ago about how they used a lot of Vaseline on the filter of that camera in the confessional room. Arjen and Hint both have confessionals in this challenge where they seem to be in a classroom of some description. Did they hire out a classroom just to do the confessionals? Because that's interesting if they did. Well, I mean, Japan's population is consistently decreasing, so maybe they shut down the school, and I guess they could just use it for something. Maybe they use it for TV productions. It was just a very interesting location, because nowadays, they just use a black background. They always have the same black background, no matter what. Yeah, it's like a green screen behind them, right? They probably just have a hotel room rented out just to do confessionals. Yeah. And if you look at a lot of the confessionals in this season, you see that they vary those locations a lot. We had the tea garden, we had the the classrooms. There's a lot of hotel room ones. And I can't remember at what point they decide to start putting up the green screen and 
making it less unique. Because that's another thing that gives the season a bit of character. It adds to the character of the confessionals, the fact that they're doing these in the in the traditional locales of Japan, and you can see certain locations behind them that are far more interesting than just a generic black screen. Yeah, Survivor in the early seasons, Gina and I have been watching the early seasons of Survivor again, just how they use specific locations for confessionals that fit in with the season. It's not just the confessional from the same stretch of same stretch of beach in Fiji, season after season after season after season. Yeah, it's just another way to add character to the season, I would argue. And we get some funny names for how they remember the Japanese characters. I believe Aryan's description was Sana with an S, Sana is stupid, Sana in a hamburger bun. <laughs> There's one that's a guy with a an enlarged dick or something, I think. One was Manuel with a face. And I think they stuck with Sanander Hamburger. <laughs> so when they get to the top, they've seen ten signs, and they find a chest with four locks and a basket of the kanji. They have to put them in order, and then they will find the numbers that they need to open the chest. Their time began when they left PTM, and they got 45 minutes in total, and only one chance to open the chest. They actually get the order pretty quickly. It's pretty impressive how, how good their memory is actually between them. And Aryan gets all the credit for it, because he was the first one to start memorizing the symbols, and he was the one that tried to come up with clever nicknames or clever mnemonics to memorize all of them. But when they flip the order over, they spot they have 13 numbers, which is one number too many. Sana runs down to check the one that they're not sure about. Luckily she does, because both of the ones they were torn between for it were wrong. And they flip their numbers, and this time have 12, which is the correct number. However, they're not sure if they should be reading left to right or right to left because they're in Japan. Very interesting. Fritz also slightly moles when he says that he doesn't know there's an arrow on each lock as to where the numbers should line up. And it's not even a surprise that they get the right numbers because two of the locks open as Fritz moves them. But so do the other two, earning them the 1,500 euros. It was a quick three grand for them this episode. They're probably thinking, "Is, is Philippe the mole? Yeah, at this point, they're, they're getting like 40% of the, the money and they're riding high and then at the end of this episode, the mole goes and it all gets thrown into disarray. <laughs> I like that we can make those jokes now. And Peter Yan once again compliments Aryan and he says, oh, you have a fantastic memory. Everyone else just sucked. <laughs> I'd forgotten how much I love Peter Yan Harkins as a host. Because even when he's complimenting people at the end of this challenge and going, oh, you've got a fantastic memory, he still can't resist taking a dig at people. He still can't resist just going, yeah, but, I mean, you guys relied on him a little bit too much, didn't you? You need to get your head out of your asses. Yeah, if he's gone, you guys aren't going to earn a single euro from here on out. And... Now they're at a local restaurant, and Aryan asks a local Japanese woman to translate the symbols that they saw in the challenge. It's not just a random Japanese woman, it's their local translator. Oh, it was, it was, I thought they just meant like, oh, we found someone who was a translator for us. No, that was like their assigned translator? I'm assuming it was their assigned translator, yeah. But yeah, it seems to be the story of the sun rising. Although if you ask Loretta and Barbara, they're not sure which direction the sun rises in Japan, so it could have been rising from west to east for all they know. Yeah, it's rising. They have to look to South Korea to see the sunrise. And PCN tells us that with their success this episode, they're not making it easy for the mole who has to operate underground. 
in the darkness of the final assignment this episode, the mole will probably be very comfortable. And Peter Yan goes from being demoted from TV show host, demoted to boat driver, and now demoted to being a ticket taker at a local movie theater. I would be remiss if I did not point out how deeply uncomfortable Peter Yan looks when he's handing out the tickets. <laughs> he does not fit in that booth in the slightest. I think it was more fit for a Japanese person, not for a tall Dutch person. I'm 99% sure that Peter Yan is a similar height to me, so he looked deeply uncomfortable having to sit in that very small booth, even though it was probably only for about five minutes. I think Peter Yan was extra pissed because I think it didn't make it on air, but he was trying to sell them a combo with popcorn and a soda for for 10 euros, but no one was willing to take him up on it, and, and that's how they that's how he gets a bonus at the, at the movie theater. It's 10 euros from the pot as well, so it works. Yeah. <laughs> the mall sabotaged the pot by buying a popcorn and a soda from Peter Yan. And of course, at the bottom of the popcorn bucket was one of the exemptions. Yeah, and at the bottom of the soda, there was a yoker. Just gets stuck in the person's throat. So they head to the Asahisa Cinema for the final challenge. Peter Yan's in the very uncomfortable booth and asks if they want to go to screen one or two. Him and Sana both pick two, as does Ian, and then screen two ends up being sold out. Yeah, Fritz goes up to the counter and he's like, ah, I'm going to go into Cinema 2 as well. And then Peter Yan says, go fuck yourself. You, you, you can't do, no, no, you, you, you have to do Cinema 1. That leaves the other three having to do Cinema 1. And on their way to their respective screens, they see the posters for the Empty Orchestra event, which is a very common quiz question, as it is the Japanese translation of karaoke. Inside their respective screens, they find a karaoke machine and a book full of songs. They also get screening of parts of the first couple of episodes, and the film confirms that they got 30 minutes to sing songs to each other without being able to hear each other. For each song that they correctly guess, they will earn €100 Euros for the pot. You know exactly what I'm going to say first about this challenge. Why is there no maximum? I know. I was trying to, when I was trying down the pot, I'm thinking, eh, maybe 3,000? <laughs> yeah, 3,000 was the conservative estimate of a possible that I, I got from this challenge. But in theory, I think the book has 60,000 songs. So in theory, this is the most lucrative Vidum challenge possible ever at 6 million euros. <laughs> the mole is doing a terrible job this episode. It's a 6 million euro assignment. What the hell, guys? Whew. Or when's this season can retire from whatever crappy entertainment job they have in Amsterdam? <laughs> you can imagine production just kind of sitting in the in the office just going, for the love of God, people better not be good at miming charades, because we will be bankrupt from this episode. Yeah, Tim can finally quit his full-time job as a Sean William Scott impersonator. You can just imagine them earning like two and a half million euros on this challenge, and then production having to sit them all down and go, yeah, you're going to have to bid for an exemption, but we need a ludicrously large bid. I'm talking like two million euros, please. I don't care if you get suspected after this You need to bid 2 million euros So Aryan gets Thriller quickly And Screen 2 get up to do Vogue They also get that quickly And thought it was Kylie Minogue Which rhymes with Vogue But it's not even close Well what year did Can't Get You Out of My Head come out? 2001? 2000? Maybe even 1999 You went a little bit Arnold Schwarzenegger there 2000! Get down! Yeah, 99, 2000, 2001. Yeah, 2001. 
because I, I was thinking if it wasn't that much time before they've recorded this episode, then it's kind of understandable her mistaking Vogue for Can't Get You Out of My Head, but, you know, not that understandable if it was the best part of 10 years. Yeah, because Vogue would have been 91, and Can't Get You Out of My Head would be 2001. Yeah. And and Can't Get You Out of My Head doesn't really have disti- a distinct dance. Vogue definitely has one that gets parodied constantly on TV. Even Big Brother Canada 2, they did a similar challenge, and there were two house guests, Sabrina. Yeah, Sabrina chose to do Vogue, but her partner, who was it for that challenge? Rochelle? She was 18 or 19 years old, so she wasn't even born yet when Vogue came out. So then Sabrina said, if I had any other house guest, they would have known it as Vogue. But because Rochelle is is still a teenager, she wasn't going to get it. I am younger than Madonna's Vogue, and I would have got it. Well, now because there's been so much more pop culture attached to it. I would have still got it at the time Big Brother Canada 2 came out. I assume that Rochelle's not exactly, like, well-cultured is my guess. <laughs> so the next one is Aryan getting Aretha Franklin's Think. Eric then gets Twist and Shout. And Eric actually sings Jailhouse Rock, which the other screen, I think, is Scream. Shout? Scream? Scream and Shout? But... At least Eric started doing a proper Elvis impression, and they could say, okay, he's doing the Elvis dance. Let's just list every Elvis song that we know. Yeah, and also Eric is a much more believable Elvis impersonator than your own Roman, was. Yeah, so it's that. <laughs> obvious joke is obvious. Um, speaking of Kylie Minogue, I was very, very surprised that they couldn't get Locomotion, because that also has a very distinct dance. I was surprised that they their guesses were taking on a train, stuck on a train. And then they said, oh, there's no way we would have gotten locomotion. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? I got that within like one second of watching it. That was a very clear dance, especially when you had him there referencing a Kylie Minogue song just a few minutes earlier. Yeah, we are the sort of people who would get hurdle in one second, though. That's the thing. You have to bear it in mind that we're probably more pop culture savvy than a lot of these people. Like, if you gave me one second of of locomotion, I probably would have got it in in that one second. Yeah. You also skipped over probably my favourite bit of this challenge, which is Kim's incredibly passive-aggressive response to Eric just showing off and doing Jailhouse Rock. Because she actually says at one point that she just thinks, get to the point, Eric. Hurry up. (laughs) What song are you doing? Stop showing off your dance moves. After the locomotion fail, screen one then get Kung Fu fighting... Screen 2 get Message in a Bottle. Screen 1 get the pretty obvious one YMCA. Speaking of Generation Gap, when they were guessing Message in a Bottle, I was thinking, oh, don't you mean Genie in a Bottle? Well, Message in a Bottle, out of all the songs that we saw them try and do, is probably one of the harder ones. I'm not sure how you, you mime Message in a Bottle. But they got it right away, which shocked me. It's like, how do you struggle with Locomotion, Jailhouse Rock, but message in a bottle how do you get that instantly is it like what uh david hasselhoff is to germany message in a bottle is to the dutch and also somehow even though it was only just over a decade before they struggle on my heart will go on even though it's probably one of the most famous songs in human history well people just know it as the titanic song i can see why if you're intense in the moment you're gonna think oh crap What's the title of that Titanic song with Celine Dion? 
at least I did the proper strategy of just going to the Celine Dion section and just naming off every single one of her songs. And then I was surprised how long it took them to get YMCA by the Village People. I mean, I still got it quickly, but that's one of those that has a very, very distinctive dance. Yeah. They struggle with certain songs that are pretty obvious, but then somehow get Money, 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 and Eric also gets Skater Boy from Are You Doing a Kickflip. <laughs> and then the final song is Hint's wonderful rendition of Sailing, which is a terribly difficult song to actually identify, but bloody hell, she's got some pipes on her. Who, who sings it? It's Rod Stewart, I think. Yeah, I, I felt good knowing that that's the song that made time run out. So I was thinking, go with something that's universally known. Don't pick a Rod Stewart song unless it's forever young. Sailing is a Rod Stewart song. I've just, uh, I've just double checked. Yeah, is that even in his top three of most famous songs? Yeah, so the top three for for Google results on Rod Stewart is: Do you think I'm sexy? Then I don't want to talk about it. And then Sailing, and then Maggie May. Yeah, I would know Maggie May or Forever Young, but I would not know We Are Sailing. But yeah, Hints absolutely kills the song. It's good that on her departure episode, we just give her the opportunity to, you know, show what her her talent really is. Yep. And then Peter Yan, Time Runs Out, and Peter Yan compliments Eric's interpretation of a sailboat with so much sarcasm there. And I'm thinking... That's That would pretty much be what I would say after watching that. I feel like Peter Yam would definitely be friends with us, but I would be scared that he would just roast me at some point. You just hope that his English just isn't quite good enough for him to be that witty, and then he's like, ah, I can't butcher the delivery on roasting these two guys. I better hold back. Oh, I, I would put money on the fact that he speaks incredibly good English. I would be terrified to be around him if there was even the potential of him roasting me. What's his Instagram? I'm going to reach out to him. We have to talk to him. He doesn't have one. What? Twitter? Uh, Twitter I'm not sure about. Twitter's more likely, I think. But yeah, he doesn't have Instagram, because I did try tagging him in the episode 3 one um, when I scheduled it, and nothing was coming up for P.T. and Hargens. we got to get him on here. 100% do that if you can. I would love to speak to him. I'd just be a little bit scared of him. So, P.T. Yan confirms that they got 16 songs correct, which means they earned 1,600 euros of our hypothetical 3,000 for the challenge, 4,600 of 9,500 for the episode, and 12,900 euros of 40,700 for the season so far. And because these shows are incredibly efficient, it's now time for the test. 20 questions on the identity and actions of the mole. Whoever knows least goes home, except for the mole who can never go home. And whoever found the exemption in the bottom of their popcorn will be safe for this test. But I just wanted to watch Treasure Island. Eric says that Kim is his main suspect. She took a while to reach his island. Could she have been moling, or is she just inept? He's also keeping an eye on Sana. Maybe she'll be too fanatical and just get kicked out of the show. Or maybe she's the mole. We are led to believe that Sana suspects Fritz. Fritz says that Aryan is a puzzler. He had a great plan, but maybe he knew all along what to do and let them go on a longer route to lose the money. Aryan says the mole was in screen number one. Hint says the only person who's suspicious to her is Kim. Her own didn't go well. If anyone mauled on the mountain, it must have been Kim. And we are led to believe that Kim suspects Aryan. PTN doesn't even give them a pre-execution ramble this time, he just goes straight into entering names. Santa gets green screen before Hint gets the red, and she says that she thought she was on the wrong track. Then change who you think the mole is if you think you're wrong. Well, yeah. And <laughs> the thing is, 
going back to your point at the start of the episode, she doesn't get a montage, and then Peter Yan doesn't even really converse with her. She just disappears. Yeah, she just walks away, right? She just walks away on her own, and it's like, oh, Peter Yan, real in production, really don't like him. Yeah, it's really weird. It's such an odd end to the episode. Hint for making it five episodes in. It's just such a bizarre trajectory for it because she even had that one challenge where she didn't get to play it during the the Yoker challenge where she was on her own. Yeah, it's just so strange. Because I was, after the third challenge ended, I'm thinking, these are shorter 15-minute episodes. This episode feels like it's gone for close to 50 minutes. And I look and there's only, there were only, I think it was barely six minutes left for both quiz and the execution and the goodbye and the closing credits and i was thinking is it just first name goes home and then we see the quiz and it's very very brief peter yan says nothing next at the execution everyone says nothing to him we don't get a montage peter yan doesn't talk to her she leaves we get the closing credits and then this teaser for next week and that's it it's like they realized when they edited the episode that they had loads of time over. And they're like, shit, we've got to fit this in 50 minutes. Um, what can we cut? We don't really need to show Peter Yan talking to them before the execution. We can rattle through the the screens, I suppose. We don't really need to show that much of, of Hint leaving. So let's just cut some bits of her from the rest of the episode and then people will be less devastated. It's like they deliberately purpled her because they'd messed up the edit. Yeah, now I understand why I knew she was going to go home before the execution happened. Back when I originally watched this season, I'm thinking, yeah, I could see why I was pretty convinced she was going home. Next episode, I will say, is an incredibly interesting one. Because not only is there the, the meet the mole challenge, but there's a twist with the execution, which I don't know whether you remember. And obviously whitewater rafting challenge, which always gives us a lot of comedy. Yeah, it's a blank space for me, but I think it's just because of the strat- murderous row of these three episodes. Have you got anything else you want to say about Hint or this episode before we talk about what the mole did? Nope. Excellent. In that case, thank you for listening to our Vista Mole 2010 recap. We'll be back next week to continue the hunt for an old mole in Japan. Don't forget you can contact us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, where we are TV Warriors, or you can email us and contact at rtvwarriors.com. Logan's on Twitter at Logsofkoraki, and I'm MJ Harmstone. Don't forget you can also support us via Patreon at patreon.com slash rtvwarriors. Thank you as always to Marika for the subtitles. We'll see you next week. Peace out and just chill till the next of flavoring. So what did the mole do? I think the mole, if I'm not mistaken, put the heavy temple piece into the water. Oh god, yeah. (laughs) I think I distinctly remember that. That had Kim written all over it. Sorry, Sana. It was all your fault. (laughs) I definitely didn't use my strength to push it back in. Or pretend to pull on the rope. (laughs) There is an interesting moment that I spotted during the second challenge that I don't think they even draw attention to at the end of the season, which is that when Fritz and Aryan start seeing the signs, she actually tells Fritz that the signs just say, to the crater. Yes, I wrote that down too. As if Kim knows Japanese. Yeah, I don't think they draw attention to that at the end of the season, which is very interesting. Yeah, then Aryan is just trying to memorize it all anyway. And she also tries to muddy the water when she's on her own in the boat with Fritz, changing the plan. Yeah. She's very amenable to changing the plan and causing a little bit of chaos there. 
Yeah, she really went in on sabotaging the island challenge. The interesting thing for me off the back of our discussion about Hint being really under-edited and them essentially yada yadaing through her exit is her suspicion we saw was that Kim is the mole. So how the hell does she go home? Yes, that's right. Her final confessional of the episode, her third of three confessionals, was about Kim. So I can see why the audience wasn't really on Kim if they're thinking, well, Hind has clearly just kept going all in on one person and doesn't have any coalitions and isn't really sharing information with anybody. So I guess Kim can't be the mole then. I wouldn't be surprised if that's what the audience thought. And then everyone focuses on Aryan for the next two weeks. The um, the twist at the execution next time is that you can buy yourself an exemption for money out of the pot. I completely forgot about that twist. And if the person who gets a red screen, or was meant to get the red screen, buys an exemption, then they all go through to episode 7. And I don't think Kim really did too much during the karaoke challenge, except I would assume intentionally not guess the song, pretty much copy the Frederick Vanderwall methods of sabotaging during the charades challenge in Celebrity Mole Hawaii. Yeah, I don't know what the route to Mole is on that challenge, because obviously she couldn't have an earpiece to hear what the other songs were. No, I would assume just if she was pretty confident what the song was, just not say the title, or if somebody was really on the wrong track and she knew they were on the wrong track, then just feed off of that and try to go down that path. Yeah. You got anything else to say? Nope. I'm just glad we kept it under an hour. (laughs) So am I. In that case, we'll see you next week. Peace out.